0: Welcome, everybody, inside the bunker today. I'm your host, friend, colleague, buddy, pal, guy, or whatever you want to call me, Keith Bunker. I'm not your buddy, friend. He's not your friend, guy. I'm not your guy, buddy. He's not your buddy, friend. I'm not your friend, guy. I'm here today to give my thoughts, impressions, and ultimately a review of Horizon Forbidden West, the sequel to the award-winning Horizon Zero Dawn that launched on PlayStation 4 back in 2017 and recently released on PC in 2020. So grab some coffee, alcohol, Pepto-Bismol, whatever gets you comfortable, and join me inside the bunker as we talk some Horizon Forbidden West. Bunker. is this what they were trying to get to? To start off, I wanted to give some backstory about my personal history with Horizon Zero Dawn. As I stated earlier, it launched back in 2017 for the PlayStation 4 with massive critical acclaim, receiving tons of accolades, including multiple Game of the Year nominations. The developer of the Horizon series, Guerrilla Games was known for creating the Killzone series, another acclaimed first-person shooter series that had titles released on PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, PSP, and most recently on PlayStation 4 as a launch title back in 2013. Horizon Zero Dawn being an open-world, third-person, action-adventure RPG was a definite departure from the acclaimed Killzone formula. I personally was interested in Horizon from the trailers and gameplay that was shown over the course of a year and a half before launch, but I also was not a huge fan of the Killzone series that Guerrilla was known for. Don't get me wrong, I have played them all, and they were fine first-person shooters in their own right, but how would that translate to this new open-world IP? So I picked it up on launch day and was immediately blown away by the graphics, characters, mechanical monstrosities you were hunting, and the multitude of weapons and abilities you were given to handle any situation you can imagine. I was lost in this new IP's new post-post-apocalyptic world. Aloy was a breath of fresh air as a character, brilliantly voiced by Ashley Burch, a warrior survivor and tough-as-nails protagonist who i enjoyed playing as for the length of the 60 plus hours i put into it i ended up achieving all of the trophies and earning the platinum on the game which i only tend to do on games i truly love so as someone who absolutely loved horizon zero dawn how does horizon forbidden west stand up okay people it's time to head out i'll get everyone together informational purposes, if you are catching this episode on YouTube, all gameplay footage that is being shown is footage from my playthrough on PlayStation 5. So the first thing I noticed after installing and starting up the game is how frickin' gorgeous this game is. The flora and fauna of forests, the brown vast emptiness of the Las Vegas desert, and the lush mountaintops and scenery are all crafted beautifully by the team at Gorilla. Many times I would just stand by a campfire and rotate the camera as I marveled at the landscapes and colors of the sun setting over the horizon. The facial animations and features during conversations, I believe, are the best I've ever seen in the medium. Gentle movements of the character's eyes or the wrinkles on their skin made each character feel like an actual person than a random video game NPC. This game is a graphical masterpiece on every level and one of the best-looking games I have seen yet on the PlayStation 5. Horizon Forbidden West takes place approximately six months after the conclusion of Horizon Zero Dawn, with Aloy heading to the West Coast, continuing her journey from the first game. I do not recommend playing this game unless you have played and beaten Horizon Zero Dawn, or have at least checked out one of the numerous Story So Far videos on YouTube explaining the story. This game heavily relies on the fact that you are aware of the characters, history, and lore of the world and tribes that inhabit it. Even for a fan of the first game as myself, there were moments where I had to look up a character or watch a quick video reminding me of what happened previously, as for Aloy, it's only been six months, but for me, it's been close to five years. The game does an adequate job of giving very basic information so you aren't completely lost, but there are a ton of heavy science fiction themed stuff going on that really relies on your knowledge from the previous game. The greatest testament to the story is that when I finished it, I immediately wanted more. Without getting into spoiler territory, the ending leaves the story wide open for either a sequel or a DLC expansion in the future, which I would welcome with open arms. carrie on Moss voices a newly introduced character, Tilda, who is a mysterious, cool, and calculating, very interesting character, even though most of her character is used as a information download for Aloy to move the story along. Angela Bassett voices Regala, the leader of the Rebels, who is one of the main antagonists of the game. She does a great job of displaying the anger and cruelty of the character. My only complaint about Regala as a whole is she isn't in the game nearly enough until really the final few hours of the game. You don't get to spend a whole lot of time really developing her character. Lance Reddick returns as Silence, with his cool and collected voice and charisma fully on display. He has always been a thorn in Aloy's side, and that definitely continues in this. And of course, you have Ashley Birch returning as Aloy, who shows more emotion and nuance in the role this time around than in Zero Dawn. There's a certain determination, resiliency, and sadness in her performance that makes Aloy a character that, even after only two games, is a character I want to continue to see 20 years from now. Everybody loves side quests, right? Horizon Forbidden West has plenty of them. The thing I enjoyed the most about the side quests in this compared to most open world action RPGs is the feeling that you were actually making a difference. The Witcher 3 comes to mind as the closest game I can remember and the fact that every side quest was written just as good as the main campaign. There were numerous instances in Forbidden West where I finished a side quest and totally forgot it was just a side quest. It helps that the NPCs are really well written and you get to know each of them as you visit different tribes and characters in detail. Some side quests actually continue off of a previous side quest story, so there is a feeling of cohesiveness when exploring the world. Are there fetch quests where you have to collect five machine parts and take them back to the quest giver? Of course. But when I care about the motivations of getting those machine parts for the NPC, I tend to want to finish that task. A new mini game is introduced early on in the game named Machine Strike. It's basically like a futuristic chess game featuring miniature figures that are designed after the mechanical machines you face in the game. I spent maybe an hour or two total learning and playing against a few challengers of various difficulty. Even though I can see the draw of the game, I personally am not a fan of it and quickly was bored with it. Gwent from The Witcher 3 is still the gold standard for video game minigames in my eyes. For informational purposes, if you are a completionist and you want to max out Aloy's skill tree, you will have to beat every challenger of Machine Strike in the game as you get a few skill points for each one you beat. Speaking of that skill tree, there's six of them to choose from and upgrade Aloy's abilities as you see fit. Warrior if you are going for the melee and up-close form of combat. Trapper if you want to maximize trap efficiency and crafting. Hunter if you want to slow down time while aiming with your bow and are more of a ranged combat type of person. Survivor which gets you more resources for gathering and offers other buffs for being at 25% of your health for example infiltrator if you enjoy the stealth approach, and lastly, machine master if you are more into taking control of the various machines and utilizing them to do your bidding. I found myself upgrading mostly the passive skills as opposed to the unlockable skills such as the valor surges, which are unlockable special abilities that give you like a limited time boost in combat. The only complaint I had while playing regarding the skill tree is that there is almost too many skills to really plan out what build you would like to go with. I mostly just focus on one tree, unlocked all of that one, then moved on to the next. You also gain skill points for doing almost anything in the game. Finishing side quests, main quests, machine strike, ancient relic locations, gaining a level, taking out rebel camps. You're never bereft of skill points to spend and will find yourself upgrading Aloy every few minutes. As for combat, it's basically the same as Horizon Zero Dawn. You can scan the enemy or machine before you jump into combat to learn their weaknesses and weak points. One thing that is a welcome addition is the ability to tag individual pieces of enemy machines to target, so you can remove certain components before taking down the machine. Most of the head-on combat consists of you targeting the weak points of a machine by scanning them with your focus, then shooting those pieces for maximum damage. Once the machine or enemy gets sight of you, There's going to be a whole lot of rolling out of the way and running away to get a better vantage point to continue your assault. You can set up traps and also choose the stealth approach if you so choose by hiding into the tall grass and environments to gain the element of surprise. One of my biggest complaints with the game is the sheer amount of weapons you earn, find, and can purchase from vendors in the game. There's trip casters, slings, hunter bows, sharpshooter bows, javelins, and more, plus numerous versions of each of these with different elemental properties for each. That doesn't include the fact that you can upgrade each weapon or armor you'll find numerous times. That's fine and all, but when you're receiving so many new variations of equipment, I ended up just sticking to my tried and true hunter bow and only changed that if needed to by doing a hunter challenge. Overall, combat was always fun, and I had a blast scanning and challenging new machines and enemies as I went through the game. If you didn't enjoy the combat in the first game, however, they didn't do a lot to change that in Forbidden West. As far as exploration goes... There's going to be a lot of climbing, riding, gliding with the new shield wing, and even some flying towards the later part of the game. So there's a lot of ways to traverse the open world. A newly added feature in the game is the ability to use your focus to reveal handholds and climbing points, as well as a double jump type ability that is basically a grappling hook that can get you to previously unreachable areas. These abilities, as well as a very favorable fast travel system, and the developers at Guerrilla really made the world easy to navigate. If you are open-world OCD as I am, you will spend a lot of time clearing out all the question marks in the map as you travel from point A to point B. There's never nothing to do in the game, as you will unlock hunter challenges, a battle arena, rebel camps, relic ruins, and various other landmarks as you travel the Forbidden West. Another welcome addition to the game is the ability for Aloy to stash and overstock of materials for her stash back at the camps or villages. Inventory space was always an issue with the first game, and I never felt that way here. On the other hand, one part of the game I found frustrating is the racing series of side quests. There's thankfully only four of them, but between the clunky racing controls and the AI rubber band effect of always being right ahead of you or right behind you, it left me far more frustrated than any other part of the game. About midway through the game, you come across a home base of sorts for Aloy and her companions. It's comparative in a sense to the Normandy in Mass Effect or Skyhold in Dragon Age Inquisition, It's an area that you can stock up on resources, talk to your companions, including starting their own individual personal quests, as well as explore. It is a nice addition to the game, and even if the depth of it isn't on par with the Mass Effects or Dragon Ages of the world, I like that it was implemented as a way to break, kind of get to know your team better. So my final verdict? Horizon Forbidden West is a masterpiece in my eyes. Not many games grab me and don't let go nowadays, and this game definitely did that. Just like the first game, I got the Platinum Trophy about 63 hours into starting it. Even with doing that, there are still areas I haven't explored, and possibly more side quests out in the world. I highly recommend anyone that is a fan of RPGs, open world games, or a fan of the first game to pick this up immediately and start up your adventure. It more than met my very high expectations, and exceeded it in almost every way. My final score is a 5 out of 5. Thank you so much for joining me inside the bunker today. Please like, subscribe, and comment. Let me know how you feel about this review or Horizon Forbidden West in general. More content is coming very soon. Thank you guys and take care.